0: One question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Or well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000 mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing, we'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus you can always find more information on my website ManyRoadsTravel.com. So without further ado, let's hit the road! Welcome to episode 17. Uh, Today's episode, we are going to be leaving Khartoum, finally, after nine days, and heading out to Kassala, Sudan, and then going into Eritrea, our country number 10 on this trip from Paris to Cape Town, uh, my 30,000-mile road trip. And my review for the week is from Chris Justice. Thank you so much. Uh, It says, "Uh, I just finished listening to all episodes, so I'm up to date. So much enjoying it. The time in Sudan seems very tough, but you did it. I am sure you carry that experience with you for the rest of your life and makes you stronger. I can't wait to hear what's next. Keep it up. You are a great storyteller. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Especially those days when I'm sick or hungover. (laughs) So I appreciate it. And if you'd like to leave a review, head over to my website, ManyRoadsTraveled.com, and you can leave a comment uh, on my website or in Apple or Stitcher or on my Facebook page, Many Roads Traveled. That's two L's for my American friends in Traveled. Uh, Okay, so let's pick up where we last left off, which was just leaving car two. And like I said, if you're just joining, you might want to go back to episode one and join me on the whole shebang. Okay, so it's day one hundred and six so far on this trip, and we got the bus uh in the early in the morning, and we is my friend Casey, who I left with. We're still together traveling together, and we also had met an American couple, Matt and Aaron, so the four of us we got a bus to Kasala, Sudan, which took about eight hours, so we got into. Casale, about 3.15 p.m., and then we just jumped in a a minivan to to the city center, and Aaron and I, we let the boys do the work for a change, (laughs) so we stayed with the bags, and the boys went hotel hunting uh k c found us uh you know our usual cheap and cheerful, which really means cheap and cheap and it was like under two dollars at the time sunnis pound it was about hundred and eighty to two hundred sunnis pounds to one u s dollar now to in twenty twenty it's about fifty five at our hotel, which was called hotel totil, was less than two dollars a night. <laughs> The Americans had more money, they were on a shorter trip, so they splashed out and theirs was five bucks a night. So we just kind of went for dinner with them and had an early night because it was a long day traveling. I really liked Erin, she was really, really sweet. It was nice to hang out with another girl as well. So day 107, we got up at six in the morning to get our bus to, well, trying to get bus tickets to go to Asmara, the capital of Eritrea so we finally found the little bus station and of course they weren't leaving until saturday so today was thursday so in two days time but that wasn't too bad and while we were there we met um, this really cute uh english guy called alan and he was gonna he was just traveling, and he was about to do his PhD in Princeton. So he was really nice and great to chat to. So we hung out with him for the rest of the day, and we went for some dinner. We we got some really good fool. Now, if you've heard my other episodes of Sudan, fool was very hit and miss, and that's their local staple diet. I get like main meal, which is kind of like a bean stew, but it, but they put peanut oil in there, so sometimes it's really greasy and not great. But this was really good. Not much peanut oil. And like chopped tomatoes and onions on there and some herbs. So it was tasty. So that was a nice uh, change <laughs> to get some good food. because It was few and far between in Sudan, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. So we had to change some money um, because we were there for two more days. So we, we went to change $20, which took, you know, two hours. <laughs> the normal. Nothing happens fast in Africa, in most cases. Yeah. So that was about it for the day, really. Day 108. Well, I got... I was just like, okay. I got up early again because I was, we just seem to be getting up early all the time. And I was really bored. So I was like, right, I'm going off on an adventure by myself, which I... Like doing and did quite often in Egypt and had great times. So even though it was still very hot in the 40s Celsius, easily Sudan. So you know you're in the desert, so it's to be expected. So yeah, so I just wandered off. There was um these these kind of I guess foothills in the background of Kasala, and they were really cool looking actually because through the years they've been sandblasted, so they're rounded. So I thought, well, I love climbing my mountains and hills, so I'll head in that direction because there really wasn't much else to do in Kasala, to be honest. So i have been walking maybe 15 minutes, and a lady and her daughter, you know, stopped me and invited me into their home, and she had a couple more daughters. So so yeah, so they ended up giving me some fresh lime juice and then made me breakfast (laughs) So that was nice because it was about 8 in the morning. Uh, so yeah, I spent about two hours with them. Couldn't really talk. They had a little bit of English and with my little bit of Arabic, you know, we just kind of hung out. But they were so sweet, really nice. So left there and within about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, these kids just came out from nowhere, right? And I had about, I don't know, at least 10 kids hanging out with me. <laughs> I was like, okay, I feel a bit like the Pied Piper. Yeah, so I took some you know, I asked them, which is important to ask people to take the picture first. So, you know, I kind of, they couldn't speak English, but I mimed it out. And of course, this is before digital cameras, because it's back in 1993, so I had to old Canon camera with film, which many of you younger people don't even know what that is, probably. <laughs> yeah, but they, so I couldn't show them their pictures, which kind of sucks nowadays, what you can with the digital phones and stuff. But yeah, how had, had a laugh with them. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll, off I go again. So of course, after about another 10-15 minutes, a man came out and he invited me into his home. And he was a teacher, so he had very good English. And I got offered another lime juice. I talked to him for a bit and I met his. He had like ten kids or something, so met all his kids. And then when I left, the, those kids joined. The kids are outside waiting for me, so now I have about twenty kids. <laughs> It's crazy but like super fun uh, so yeah so I'm, I'm still heading you know towards these foothills with my entourage <laughs> and so got to just about the like the near the foothills and and there were some trees there so I stopped to get some shade cuz like I said it's really hot well next thing you know these teenager kids joined and they bought a chair for me <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sitting on this chair with about 25 30 kids of various ages no one can speak English. So Rose's was just like, we're just hanging out, trying to make them laugh. Just the sweetest, sweetest kids, man. And super cute. Super cute. I wanted to take a few home with me. <laughs> Although that's totally wrong. I'm not into kidnapping. <laughs> oh, and they also filled my water bottle up for me as well, which was very nice. So then another guy came up and he invited me into his house. So I, I didn't even climb the map. Well, they were pretty hard to climb anyways, but at least I got to the foothill of them. So I went back to his house, and he introduced me to his sister, who was one of the only two doctors in Kasala. And at the time, she only made $300 a year as a doctor. Crazy, eh? So then he invited me uh, to stay for dinner, or like a early dinner, late lunch, uh, which I did. And it was... Some I don't eat red meat. I haven't eaten red meat since I was 19. I was 23 at the time. So what they brought me was kind of a stew thing, and it had meat in it. But I didn't really know what kind of meat or ask. I Because I do eat chicken and fish. So I was hoping for chicken. <laughs> you have to – when you get invited to people's home, you can't just go, no. Especially – well, he could speak English. But other families, when – we couldn't communicate. It's, you know, really not, it's just super rude to, when they go out of the trouble to invite you into the homes and then make you meals to not eat at least some of it. So I just, yeah, I ate it. And, you know, there was also some rice and bread. So very nice. It was so interesting talking to him as well, just getting, you know, what it was like living in Sudan. And because at the time, the South Sudan, North Sudan were still in war, and they were, I mean, that Civil War went on forever. Now South Sudan is its own country, but that took decades, basically. And back in 93, it was still full on. So you couldn't go more south than Khartoum at the time. So Kassala was east of that, of Khartoum. Uh, anyway, so I was there for a couple of hours. And then he's like, oh, well, do you want to come watch uh, a football match, which is like soccer? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So, yeah, we went there and he bought my ticket and we went. And it was crazy. Like, I was the only female and Westerner there out of about 10,000 people. But it was an amazing experience. Unfortunately, they lost 3 1. But yeah, it was, it was just, it was really fun. It was really, really cool and no hassle. Like, you know, I got looked at obviously quite a bit, but that was to be expected. I stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> But it was amazing, just very warm, inviting people and good fun, even though they lost. It was, it was great cheering for them. Uh, and then he walked me back to my hotel, like just the super, just the, you know, complete gentleman. And it was definitely by far my favorite day in Sudan. And that seemed to be the case whenever I did my own adventures. And that's why I like traveling you know, the rest of my trips, I've I've traveled solo. And I, I love it because you do tend to meet people, especially local people, easier and more often. And then if you don't, you just don't. <laughs> like You know, you just do your own thing, right? But yeah, I had an amazing, amazing day. It's by far my favorite day. And Kasala was my favorite place in Sudan as well. So I was going back to the hotel and Aaron's there going, okay, you got to pack up now because we just found out the bus isn't leaving till Tuesday now. And today was Friday. We thought we was leaving leaving Saturday. So I'm like, what? She's like, so we've got this, I don't know, this box that we can get, this form of transport, which I'm assuming was like in the back of a pickup truck, you know, box. But it's leaving at seven. So pack. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So pack up. And we head out to where the box station is. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. It's not leaving till 7 a.m. the next day, not 7 p.m. So panic, unnecessary. So then we decided, because the day before, we had moved to Alan's Hotel, the English guy, because it was half the price. So it was literally less than a dollar a night. (laughs) It was more dingier, obviously, but it was like a buck a night. All right, awesome. But we decided to go back to the first hotel, Hotel Telltale, and splash out and get some AC because I hadn't slept properly for the last couple nights. So we did that. So I actually had a good night's sleep. But of course, we're up at six in the morning again. These early mornings were becoming a ritual that I wasn't loving. (laughs) But you got to do what you got to do. So day 109, we head off to fly to the box station again, get there and find out they're not leaving till later that day for, I don't know, for some reason. So we were like, okay, but then someone else said, oh, well, you, this this half-ton truck is leaving now, like very shortly, if you want to get that, and it's going to Tessene, which is just on the other side of the border in Eritrea, so you can get on that instead. So we're like, okay, fine. So yeah, you just... The four of us piled into the back of this huge, like, well, half-ton truck. We, Yeah, we left. So we're like, okay, that's great. Well, of course, we kept stopping and picking up more and more people. So by the end of it, there's about at least 16 people in the back of this truck, three in the front. It was like, oh, my God. But it was only about two to three hours. So that was okay. So we get to, to the border. We were fine. If you remember the last episode, we had our five-step plan, right, to get into... Leave Sudan into Eritrea to Ethiopia. So this border was okay. So we get there and it's like a little tiny hut <laughs> on this dirt road with a rope across it. That that was the border. <laughs> so we got no problems going to Eritrea, our country number ten on this trip. Yay! Step four completed. You know, step five was the tricky one because that was the going into Ethiopia because. Uh, after loads of craziness, we finally got our Ethiopian visa, but it st- had stamped at the top, air only. Because at the time, you couldn't go into Ethiopia by land, but you could travel all by land, in, and you could leave by land, but just couldn't enter by land, which is just ridiculous red tape nonsense. But that's what it, it is, you know, was, was, was. And of course, this trip, you know, one of the big goals was to get from Paris to Cape Town by land. But we didn't have to worry about that for a while. We were just happy to be into Eritrea, and we were finally, you know, left Car- or Sudan after, t- I think, 23 days we were there. Um, a lot of that was just waiting around in Wadi Halfa, in Khartoum. But, yeah, it was Sudan. I mean, even though it was hard and there wasn't a lot of food, there wasn't a lot of do- to do, <laughs> you know, I always found good things about it. You know, like, coming through the desert is an amazing experience. Because the desert, I find, is just so beautiful. And the people. But the people, by far, were the best thing about Sudan, for sure. Through all the ups and downs, the people got me through kind of thing. Oh, and it was hilarious. Because Casey looked like he was filthy. And he has really curly hair. But <laughs> when you're in the back of a truck with dust kicking up, he, like had, he almost had an afro. But he looked like... I don't know if you can think back, way back, but he looked like the Encino man, (laughs) just like this Neanderthal man. (laughs) It was hilarious. I do a picture that will be up on the website when I do this episode on on the website. Very funny. So yeah, we get to Tessinay and it's a really small town and we just found, I I think, I don't know if there's even more than one, but the hotel called the, of course, the Airtrain Hotel, which is run by four lovely ladies. And also it was quite nice to be out of muslim countries not like i i've never been treated better on all of my traveling than in muslim countries i'm not saying that but it was just nice not to have to worry so much about what to wear and to be able to get a cold beer was really really awesome because we've been in muslim countries for a few months now i mean it was sudan Egypt. Jordan, Syria, and Turkey. So, except for our a couple days in Cyprus, yeah. So we were we were like, oh my gosh! And of course, the four ladies were like, oh, we, you know, do you want a cold beer? We're like, yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) And they're nice big balls called Asmara beer. And we end up having like with with the Americans are still with us. I think we had about around three beers. We had lunch there. Uh, We had like you know more food too. So we had like bread and salad for lunch and then for dinner we had spaghetti which was delicious and our bed so the two meals three beers and our bed for the night was two dollars and fifty cents i was like i'm gonna love this place man <laughs> <laughs> and at the time it was seven and a half bira to one u.s dollars well now it's not even called bira, It's called NAFCA, and it's 50 NAFCA to one U.S. dollars. And it seems Eritrea has gotten a lot more expensive from when I was there. So, yeah, we just, like I said, we just chilled at the the hotel with ladies, and they were teaching us some uh, Tigrinya, which is their local language, so we, we didn't have to do... That's the thing. When you're moving so much, like my Arabic was coming along quite nicely because, like I said, I've been in Muslim countries for quite a while. So now it's like, oh, I've got to learn a whole new language now. I mean, even if you just learn a few words, that's great. The locals, wherever you are, they really appreciate the effort you put in there. So, yes, yeah, so we just kind of chilled out. And then day 110, we're up at 5.30 a.m., early mornings, I told you. And for some reason, Casey got to the bus station before the three of us And he managed to save us four seats on the worst bus I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) It was was more like a metal box with a roof and seats in it. I used those seats, that term loosely. And I'm sure I had the worst seat on the bus. And I didn't notice, but like until after I'd sat down, that my seat had this huge grease stain on it. And um, unfortunately for Casey, I was wearing his shorts at the time, so kind of ruined those. But also I was, so we were in a three, so there was two seaters and three seaters seats on this bus. Yeah. And I was on a three-seater in the aisle, but like only half my ass could be on the seat because the other two people taking up all this room. And also my I couldn't, I couldn't lean back. The back of my seat had like this huge metal spike or something like coming through it. So I couldn't even lean back. I was like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Seven hours later, I'm about to lose my mind. Because also with my illness, like my knees are killing because there wasn't much leg space as well. I've got, I've been like half my ass has been on this bus, like on dirt roads so bumpy roads. And if I lean back, I'm going to get stabbed in the back. So <laughs> it's totally sad. But luckily, just before I lost it, the guy that was in one of the guys sitting next to me, he got up and got off. So I was able to get move and get to the window seat and lean back, which was like total luxury. I'm like, oh my gosh. This is so much better. My back feels like it's been almost broken. Three hours later, we finally get to, so 10 hours. And in Africa, when the sun sets, it's literally just, it's like someone turns the light off. It's just black. Of course, there's no, you know, there's, these are kind of dirt roads. There's no street lights or anything like that. So when you're driving, you just, the bus driver just stops when it gets dark. You can't really see very much. Well, but anyways, we got into this this little town called Albergat. And like I said, 10 hours, we've made – we're only halfway. We've only gone about 200 kilometers. It was like, oh my, oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, so the driver stops in this little tiny town, tells everyone to get out, and locks the bus door. So everyone just starts, like, getting their blanks out and just sleeps on the road. <laughs> okay so that's what we did (laughs) sleep on the road next to the bus in the middle of this little town it was just it was just crazy and of course no food I think uh, well Matt had bought a watermelon at one of our little stops so we had that's all we had all day was watermelon so of course didn't really sleep too great. And day one hundred and eleven was a very early start, because about four in the morning I started hearing people like scrambling <clears throat> to get back on the bus. And I'm like, what and luckily Aaron and I honestly it was like a rugby scrum. <laughs> and the day before we had left a few of our like, you know, a few of our things on our on two two seaters in hopes that we could save those for the morning. Anyway, so Aaron and I were, like, fighting, like, elbows. Get up to this bus. Get to these two seats. And, like, going, okay, guys, like, these are ours. <laughs> <laughs> and we managed to claim them that Matt and Casey, they had to do the same thing, like, going, you know, trying to say. I mean, not many people spoke English, so they're trying to point, like, that, that's, you know, who we're sitting with. And, oh, my God. So, anyways, we got those seats, and we left to probably – right at sunrise. We left at 5.30 in the morning, got to Karen, which is a bigger town, at about 11.30 in the morning. And we bought another watermelon <laughs> because that was about it. <laughs> so you don't have a lot of time to, you know, there's a no stops to get food. And But then when we got to Karen, we were given the royal treatment. And we were actually offered which seats we would like on the best bus I had. I'm sure that was in Eritrea. It was almost like a Greyhound bus. So that was just super sweet luxury. (laughs) And we got to pick, you know, the seas we wanted. So that was really nice. So we left Karen at about 1 p.m. And yeah, this was smooth sailing. And we got into Asmara at about 6 p.m. So, of course, only four hours on the luxury bus. (laughs) And also Asmara is uh, at 9,000 feet above sea level, so we're thinking, okay, So, well, I already noticed it was cooler, and especially at night it got a lot cooler. And we made it to Asmara. Super excited about that. However, to hear more about Eritrea, you'll have to tune in until next Thursday to find out the shenanigans and excitement and all the stuff that we got that happened to us in Eritrea. And I will give you a hint. We were there on Independence Day. The newest country in the world. Very cool. So don't miss next week's episode. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. So, tip number one would be for Sudan. I'll, I'll talk much more about Eritrea next week. So, Sudan would be yeah, get out there and explore and just meet people. Like, they're so nice. They're, you know, some of the nicest people that you will meet. And it's very, you know, I felt very safe. Like I said, I don't know how many homes I was invited to. And like you said, in Wadi Halfa, like everywhere I went, I was offered chewing tobacco. So just very, very sweet people. So thank you to all the Sudanese people. Tip number two would be always ask more than one person about when and where buses leave from. <laughs> oh you you know, sometimes people will make stuff up rather than saying they don't know, especially in India. Oh my God, India is renowned for that. So yeah, you might have to just uh, check with a few people. I mean, now obviously you can go on, well, even like Sudan, you're not going to find a lot online, but you know, just double check, ask local people. And tip number three would be, if you don't have much patience, you better get some. <laughs> That kind of goes across the board with traveling, especially how I travel, you know, by public transport, less developed countries. You have to have patience. Otherwise, you're going to lose your mind. (laughs) And a couple more little tips for Sudan, especially if you're going to be there for a short period of time. There's no, you do not have to be in Sudan. I think we're there for 23 days in total. No. I would say a week would be plenty, (laughs) two max. But you might want to bring snacks like, oh, what's it, you know? sealed bags of just snacks it just wasn't a lot of food there i mean i feel very bad for people who live there because obviously that's their daily thing so as a traveler always keep that in mind too is is perspective and yeah and then for uh solo female travelers again you know you don't have to wear a headscarf but and men as well this goes for women and men you know long sleeve light you know it's very hot so light cotton uh long sleeve shirts and trousers for sure as I've said, and, and even now, they say Sudan is one of the safest places in Africa to travel as a woman. So you shouldn't have any problems. Like I said, the generosity and hospitality of the people were amazing. Okay, so I think that's about a wrap. So make sure you subscribe whatever, wherever you are listening to me. Yeah, and I can, on the website, there'll be much more info on there about this whole trip. Okay, so until next Thursday, safe travels one road at a time.